so uh, real quick before we start, uh, have any has anyone here ever made power lines for dioramas? I have once. They uh, came out half decent. What did you use for the uh, the wiring? Um, you know what easy line is? Uh, maybe I don't know. It's like, like a little tiny metal look wire. Up, uh, look up after uh, we're done recording. Berkshire Junction. It's a railroading brand, but basically what they make is it's called Easy Line, and it's uh, this this fiber, right? It's like it's like a string, but it's made of some sort of I think plastic. It's it, it, the thing is, is it's extremely elastic, so you can stretch it up to like seven hundred times its original length, and it won't break. It, it's some ridiculous number like that. So what you can basically do is, you know, you glue the wire to one pole, right? then you can stretch it out as long as you need. And then you just glue it down to the other one. And um, it's very in scale. It looks very good. I will get that next time. I've got guitar string for mine now. Yeah. I mean, it's not cheap, I don't think. I think. No, it's, it's retail, fairly expensive. Like retail, it's like what, Ezra? It's like 20 Canadian dollars. Yeah, it's about 14 USD. That's yeah. not bad. How much do you get? Oh, you get you could call you a bit of it, like something like three hundred meters or something like that. Oh, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, that's that's a steal for fifteen bucks. Yeah, but uh, shout out to uh, Berkshire Junction. Oh yeah, by yeah, the way, that's... since we were since we were announcing our drinks, I have a original CO C two O coconut water. Dude, coconut water is fucking tits. Exactly. I gave some to my friends, and they literally spit it out. They're like, "This stuff's disgusting." They're disgusting. That water makes me thirstier after drinking it than I was before drinking it. Have you had bi coconut water? No, I haven't. That's, in my opinion, the best bi coconut water with pineapple. Ooh, pineapple. Oh, that's good. Oh yeah. I I, I finished my pineapple drink. I'm on my uh, lime water now. Lime water. Lime water. Lime on my drink. Dear God. You know, I'm going to send you a picture of my coconut water. Callum, what are you drinking? I got nothing. I'm all loud. Welcome to the Micro Machines podcast, the podcast where we talk about our drinks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been. uh, That was a nice cold open. Okay. Welcome to the Micro Machines. Uh, Dennis, you want to start streaming the slides? Wait, no, don't start streaming yet. I, I'm adding one more slide. There we go. Uh-oh. Oh, okay, my it's, God. It's, it's, you're it's killing fine. Me. It's He's fine. Gonna... Like it, you know we won't, we won't look at it until we get to it. We won't look at you, it until we get to it. You know what I think he, Ezra has added? I, I'm, I'm going to make a prediction here. So for the hell to die on, I have you know those you go on eBay and you find like the 18 plus side of resin casting? <laughs> I have this bad feeling. Don't worry, it is well, not that. I will. I assure you. Don't give me ideas, though. Oh God! Thank you, Dennis. You gave the boy ideas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look. Oh, oh my God! He's going to do it now. He's going to be like a one to no. nine scale biker girl. <laughs> Just no. I already typing away at his keyboard. I'll be showing my wife shit on like eBay or fucking AliExpress of like shit I want to get, and then that'll pop up. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when you were a kid and the sex scene showed up on your TV. Your you parents walked in. Your eyes. 
<laughs> yeah. It's all scary. I, know you just, I didn't like, know it'd be there. Your eye just a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Micro Machines podcast. Today's episode is the Ram Tank. Woohoo! Yay! Nice. Just give you that nice little silence so you can ponder what we're going to talk about next. Are we uh, sending introductions or not? Yeah, I I think we should. I think we should. I'll go first. So you got Callum, me, coming in from New Zealand. I'm Dennis. I'm recording from Ontario. I'm Ezra. I'm recording from uh, sweaty New Mexico. And I am Greg, recording from Sweaty SoCal. All right. Well, with that out of the way, it's time to uh, talk about this lovely piece of cast metal. But I thought, you know, before we start talking about the Ram Tank itself, we should probably talk about the uh, context historically for the <laughs> Ram Tank. <laughs> okay. Um. Can you, how would you guys describe the uh, state of the British Army following the evacuation from Dunkirk? Non-existent. Mm, in, little bit in shambles. And as for how would you describe the Canadian Armored Corps prior to the Second World War? Pitiful. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, before we talk about, like, the Ram Tank from a technical standpoint, we should probably discuss the, you know, the wider historical forces that led to its creation so prior to the second world war uh the royal canadian armored corps which is essentially the you know the armored forces of the canadian army um were pretty i'll be generous here and say underfunded so they had um a, you know a few tanks on standby they were vickers mark six tanks the majority of their uh actual inventory though were these little tankettes these uh Cardin lloyds which were armed with a single Vickers gun. Um, it, it was really a force that existed in name only. It wasn't something that was actually able to, you know, go out and fight. It didn't really have any tanks, any modern tanks, as to say, at uh, the outbreak of the war. But also overseas, in 1940, after the British evacuated from Dunkirk, they basically left all of their armored vehicles in France. So... You know, by the time that the war really kicks off in 1940, neither Canada nor Britain have a good supply of modern battle tanks. Do you think? Well, I have a question. A yeah. When you say the Cardinal just has that one uh, Vickers, could it take out maybe like an early mark of a Panzer one? Well, it depends. Does the Vickers have armor-piercing ammunition? No. No. I mean, I, just wait till the commander sticks his head out of the hatch. I mean, I, I suppose it could just drive into the Panzer very, very fast. Do a War Thunder moment and knock it off the edge of a cliff or the river. <laughs> I had somebody knock me over in War Thunder, and I was so pissed. Because they just sat there trying to tow me for about 30 seconds, and then just drove away. <laughs> and then I got killed in my aircraft. I think there was... During the war, a Sherman that rammed a tiger and disabled oh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would. There was a tiger he... that rammed a tiger yeah. and got disabled. I thought it was a king tiger. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe, but I know that Tiger 114 was running from British or anti-tank guns, and uh, the driver accidentally ran into the back of another Tiger tank and broke the uh, the fucking road wheels, so it uh, <laughs> had to be abandoned. That's the Tiger tank mine it's based off of. Okay, so bearing that in mind, uh, we've got a huge problem here, right? So the problem being, nobody has any tanks, right? They're, they're just none. By 1940, neither Britain nor Canada have really any sizable number of tanks. So it, by this point in time, after the uh, evacuations from Dunkirk, the British and Canadian governments began you know, figuring out, okay, how are we going to replenish our armored vehicle stocks? So in June 1940, the first like stage of this solution came out, um, where the Canadian Pacific Railway was basically handed a contract by the Canadian government to build, uh, I think it was 300 Valentine tanks that would be shipped to Britain. And then after that, they would build 488 uh, for the Canadian Army. Um, so that was one. Now, of course, Valentine is pretty good, but I mean, it does have some deficiencies, right? It's not necessarily like the best tank especially if you're in need of something that's a bit more universal something that can fight tanks support infantry you know it's good for being shipped overseas and all that right so by 1940 um basically the montreal locomotive works was given a more or less a requirement by the canadian army to produce some sort of more universal tank that could be mass produced and then used by the Canadian army and then also the British army. And that is where we get the Ram from. The first Ram Mark one would be produced in 1941. And after that in 1942, they would move on to building the Ram Mark two. And then in, uh, let me see, I think it was 1943. They began working on the Ram Mark three and these were all built in Montreal. Did my internet well, go out or is no one talking? Well, don't all don't speak at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going, Dennis, and then... That's how it works. You just have the stream of consciousness, and then you guys can like marinate on it for like a minute. <laughs> we, we definitely were. <laughs> now I was sitting here thinking, fuck, did my internet go out again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll edit all of this bit out. That's fine. <laughs> No, leave this specific bit. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll start with this. How about that? You know how the American M4 had uh, multiple variants, right? They had the recovery. They had the uh, the combat. They had multiple different guns for it and stuff. Did the Ram have the same thing? We will get to that in due time. Very well. First, though, we should probably talk about the armor. So on the Ram tank, I, I will say this, for 1941, the Ram was a pretty modern and pretty well-designed vehicle. On uh, Kind of across all of the Ram tank variants, you had a general art protection of anywhere from 25 to 87 millimeters of armor. Hmm. Of course, the armor was thickest on the gun mantlet. It was you know, uh, thinnest on the undersides and the rear of the tank. Generally speaking, however, it was fairly well-armored. It was uh, produced with a combination of riveted and cast steel uh, construction. So certainly in the areas with the cast steel, it was pretty strong. Obviously, the riveted areas were going to be a bit more problematic because of the effects of spalling. But it also had nice big armored hatches for the crew to get out of. So 
much like the M4 Sherman, if it was hit, egress would not be a problem. Good. Yeah. Well, that's um, unless they get war crimed. Now, as far as the power plant goes, it had a 400 horsepower uh, right whirlwind. So I guess at this point, we should probably talk about the elephant in the room. The bottom half of this thing looks oddly like an M3 Lee. Any guesses as to why? Because it was? I about to say, it probably just taken from it since it was such a quickly produced tank or made the tank. Canadians like to do a little industrial espionage. <laughs> yeah, but essentially, so you can think of it this way. From the driver's hatch down, the ram is essentially an M3 Lee. So it has the same power plant, which is you know the right uh, whirlwind, being a rotary engine, which is obviously, as we all know, the very best design of engine for a tank, just sucking all the air in. Oh, yes. Um, in terms of the suspension units and the tracks, uh, which we'll get to here, again, fairly similar to the M3 Lee. Um, it used the same type of suspension. It used the same transmission, same tracks early on. And yeah, but that was a good thing overall because it meant that the Canadians and Americans were really able to standardize production of these tanks. And it meant that from a logistical standpoint, um, they were very easy to support as well. Look at those CDP tracks. In an alternate reality, this was the M4 Sherman. You would see in all the newsreels. And the M4 Sherman is what we would be talking about now. Well, in fairness, it definitely hit the field at the same time as the M4 Sherman. And certainly if you're a Canadian, or even if you're British in uh, you know training up in the early part of the war, this would have been what you would tra- have trained on, not the M4 because these were, you know, manufactured just a little bit faster. It still kind of baffles me they they didn't use this for, you know, frontline combat roles. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out here on the uh, top photo, to anyone who says that uh, tracks don't have that polished metal look when they're being used, uh, I present to you this photo. Hashtag polished metal. Ezra, did you ever read about that on uh, Kitmaker? I did. And yeah, they clearly get polished. Especially when they go on like asphalt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I will say kudos to the Canadian government at the time for in you know, 1941 taking such nice color, color photos. Because these are not actually colorized. Those are pretty decent. That, that is really nice. Holy yeah, shit. They're actually pretty good. That's like 1960s quality. Are you sure that wasn't? No, these are 1941, 1942. Holy shit. Those are real good. In terms of armament, um, this is probably where the Ram deviates the most from its American counterparts, the M3 Lee and the M4 Sherman. So the M3 and the M4, right, they generally use either the 37mm anti-tank gun, as we saw in the Lee, or the 75mm gun, as we saw in the Sherman, right? Well, this is where the influence of the British and Canadian government collaborating to figure out how to fix their tank problem really becomes apparent. Because even though the tank ostensibly shares a lot of American features, it was armed with the two-pounder in the Mark I, and then later the six-pounder anti-tank guns. Now, this was something that the British government had specifically wanted because it would integrate well with their own supply of anti-tank guns and anti-tank gun ammunition. I will say... It did mean that the Ram had very good any tank 
capabilities, even though it never used them in combat. Um, it may have even been a bit better in certain circumstances than, say, the early M4 Shermans for it fighting tanks. more likely would have been. They should have used that instead of the Sherman in, in uh, the desert of uh, Africa. Yeah, but aside from the uh, the six pounder on the later variants, obviously something that you know I think a lot of people are interested in is the uh, driver, the co-driver's machine gun turret. So if you look in this photograph, which again, this was not colorized, this was a, an actual photograph taken in I think nineteen forty one. Sorry, no, 19, 1941, 1943. Uh, you can see here, just off to the side, you have this little ball turret. And this is sort of like the turret that the commander had on the M3 Lee. It has a single 30 caliber machine gun, and it's uh, manually traversed. But yeah, this was the co-driver's machine gun turret. And it's definitely a very distinctive feature of the RAM. Now, the, late, the very late variants would delete this, and they would basically have a more Sherman-style uh, ball mount for the uh, M1919, where it's more or less just a mount in the hull itself. But yeah, up until that very late model, they all had this uh, sub turret. I just want to say this. Traverse. Uh, yeah, obviously not 360 degrees, but it could more or less shoot almost rearward. And it, nice. it could just shoot just uh, beyond the driver's hatch. This light. picture was the first ever picture I saw of the Ram, and I always thought it was an ugly tank. What? That's just it's cute. It's like a grown-up uh, 38T. I will say this. It definitely mm. is not as clean-looking as, say, the M4 is, but I, I think yeah. there's, in a way, it actually looks better. You know how you like to love things that look ugly? <laughs> yeah, like a pug. This is a, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. pug. This is a the pug. pug tank. <laughs> So that's why your girlfriend's with you. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. God. I'm a bit I'm a bit of a bitch, but you know, I just burned the entire podcast crew. <laughs> I stand by She's for uh, micro machines fight night. <laughs> <laughs> It was all a lie. She doesn't know what a BMP is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely very much an almost uh, steampunk thing going on with the RAM in terms of its styling. You know, you got the uh, really weird cast hull. You've got the rivets everywhere. But I will say this. Again, for a 1941 design, it was actually pretty decent because it had really good crew visibility. Again, something that's really important. The crew could escape fairly easily. I mean, it's not like it's a wide hatch Sherman, but it's definitely a lot better than, say, a Panzer 38T. Right. And it was you know, well-armed. With that 400-horsepower engine, it was pretty mobile. Um, in many respects, you can think of it as the cruiser version of the M3. Hmm. We need to jam the, uh, the Chieftain into one of these and see how fast he can get out. Well, there is one in Canada. I think next time he's up for a Kino... Uh, weekend in Oshawa, you should go to the Canadian War Museum in Ottawa because it's only about a three-hour drive away. They've got some there. That'd be pretty How sweet. many? Uh, they have a kangaroo that is actually fully functional now. They've restored it to full working order. And I think they have a ram gun tank. What kind of kangaroo is it? The late or early? The late. Nice. Yeah. Now, Speaking of the kangaroo, we need to talk about the variants of the ram. 
So, that uh, Greg, you, you had alluded to this earlier. Funnily enough, even though the Ram was designed as a gun tank, none of the gun tanks saw anything other than training service. Um, the Ram, however, did still have a huge contribution in the uh, combat in Italy and then in Northwest Europe. Uh, but that was all through its variants. Because it turns out this uh, the hull of the Ram was really, really useful for doing a whole bunch of things. So the uh, first variant we were going to talk about is the Badger. Ezra, I think you had uh, read some stuff about this. Had I? Yeah, you, you read about how the the uh, about the flamethrower, right? No. Never mind. Okay, so this was <laughs> so essentially what this is is it's a ram kangaroo, which we'll talk about in a couple slides. Um, it's a flamethrower tank, right? So what it is is essentially uh, oh it's a no, model I was going to talk about the kangaroo. Not the badger. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. So this is basically where you take a late model kangaroo tank, right? Which again, it's just a ram with no turret. You remove the machine gun from the ball mount and you replace it with the flamethrower. That's actually from a universal carrier wasp, which was the Canadian uh, flamethrowing universal carrier. So in this, you basically have an, a firewall and behind it, you've got the big uh, tanks of petroleum jelly. And then you've got the driver, commander who sits in a ball turret which was actually taken from the early model rams and put on this sort of blanked off turret here and then you've got the co-driver who is the gunner in this case so they made a uh, actually a few of these badgers in uh two variants or i should say two marks of production um as you can see there are some distinct differences here i believe this was an early model badger versus the late model badger here and yeah they were flamethrowing tanks um, some things to note about these is that as far as flamethrowing tanks go, they're actually pretty good. They did see combat in Northwest Europe, and they performed very well. Definitely by 1944 and 45, they obviously didn't have the best armor, but considering they were usually you know, being used to storm defensive positions, so long as they didn't come directly into the line of sight of any tank guns, they were usually pretty uh, much indestructible. Uh, but they were very, very effective for what they did. They could carry a lot of fuel. They had good range. So, yeah, they were uh, very effective in that regard. I mean, they have to be so much better than the uh, Churchill Crocodile because they don't have to carry around that silly little trailer. Yeah, they, they, they were honestly, a, it was definitely a really good design. And one thing that's interesting to know is that the Badgers were so successful, even though they were used for a short period of time, that after the war, the uh, Canadian government tested the WASP system, so the WASP flamethrowing system, on M4A3s, which they removed the turrets off of. So they basically tried hmm. to copy this exact design concept, but on the Sherman. Interesting. So, uh, Ezra, this is your slide. Uh, yes. Okay, so I will ask everyone here but Dennis, who used either one of these kangaroos? What country? I must England? not say it. You just had to guess that, didn't you? Well, you said kangaroo, okay. so, I mean. Okay, that's fair. So, <clears throat> the one on the right is an early model. It's an early model, right, Dennis? Um, with the ball. No, I mean, with the, the, uh, the little turret. The, uh, the uh, co-driver's turret. The late model just okay. had the ball. Right. Yeah, so the one on the right is the early... And they were almost extensively used by the British, I think. 
British and Canadians. Yep, they used them almost 50-50. Okay, I thought that Canadians mostly just used the late version. With, oh, I thought you were talking about like the kangaroo in general. No, yeah. No, no, no. No, I'm talking about the difference between the early and the late. Yeah, yeah I think the British used primarily the early version. Right. And the Canadians mostly used the one with the really cute little uh, tiny... Versus the turret she tells you not to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> right. I realize how terrible my wording was. <clears throat> uh, anyways, but yeah, personally, I think the uh, early just it looks a little more menacing. But oh, and you can also note the difference in suspension. I mean, the bogies are very different. Yeah, you, um, that's true. I never even noticed that. Yeah, you can see all yeah, the it has early M3 ones. Bogies. Yeah, the early ones had the M3 where the, the return roller was on top of the bogey system, whereas the later right. ones they reverted to the Sherman style where the return roller was at the back of the um, with the bogey skid, system. yeah, yeah, and a skid yeah. and all that. Yeah, that's Again, the easiest way to tell. Uh, ramp production ran throughout the entirety of World War II, I believe, or it went up to like 1944. And in that time, it really did parallel the developments with the M3 and then later the M4. In many ways, it just sort of the Montreal Locomotive Works saw whatever was going on in the States and then kind of copied those ideas on the ramp. Mm-hmm. It's weird. If you look at the uh, if you look at the late version of the Kangaroo really quickly, it almost just looks like a Sherman without the turret. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the, uh, one the other thing. The in the front kind of give it away, though. Yeah. Yeah. Also, look at look at the early one on the right. Look how low that suspension system's running. You know, the the, yeah. uh, the arms are like really splayed, and the one on the left, you know, it's sitting a lot higher. Mm-hmm. The one on the uh, right is the stanced version, and the one on the left is the rally version. <laughs> 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 they actually did tank race vehicles didn't they like they'd capture like german or japanese vehicles and like quote race them to see which one was better and like take I, take notes they i did, did see that, that. Yeah. i did see one of um it was the hago against an m3 stewart yeah yeah i remember seeing that wasn't that in the uh huh. yeah I think, yeah i think so yeah so, Ezra, I've got a question for you here. Yes. Um, what is so significant about the kangaroo? Because I'm, I'm looking here, I'm just seeing a ram where they uh, Detroited the turret off of it. Um, I believe it was the first actual APC made. Per, first, per, not even purpose-built. Fuck. Um, it was the first in general APC ever made, I think. Right? I shouldn't say I think. Yes. There went all my credibility. Anyways... Though it did have one disadvantage of how high it was riding, um, especially if you're jumping down onto like hard ground or mud, that would that would hurt a bit. You'll only be 19 once. <laughs> Damn straight. They really, really need a kangaroo model, like a, a dedicated Ram kangaroo model on the market. Well, uh, after your Prius M wrap, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Bronco is. came so close because they have their Ram. All all they need to do is release it with an interior, and there's your Ram kangaroo. Yeah, I know Ram interior still thing. I don't know. 
Mm. Wait, what'd you say? I didn't hear your mic. They, they make out. interior kits for the Ram, don't they? No. no I don't think don't. so. Not Bronco. I know Atelier does the M1A, the M4A1 kangaroo. Yeah, well, they came out with the, uh, was it the Priest kangaroo? Yeah, Priest kangaroo. Yeah, and they, they show you all these figures on that, right? They don't give you any figures. <laughs> That's so, I hate when companies do that shit, dude. Oh In my typical God. typical Atelier fashion. <laughs> Yeah, What's but then that, you run uh, the risk of getting uh, gummy bear figures like in your Atlantis kit. Yeah, that's true. But true. that's Atlantis. That's mm, good point. Not that, with the that's, that's, that's a risk as well. <laughs> but say Atlantis, you're kind of expecting it. But yeah, you got a point. Off topic, off topic, but did you ever notice if you look at the Atlantis boxes of some of their kits... They'll show a picture of the built model on the side, but it's built so badly. Like you can see the seams, there's gaps. The canopy looks like it's been hand painted, like it's see through in some parts. No, that's a thing. Like it seems like I, I don't want to show the model builders who work for companies, but like, have you guys ever noticed that for a lot of companies, their test models aren't that good? No, they are not. Yes, no, I've noticed. See, I, I reckon it's a bit of reverse psychology. What it is is. You know, be for people just picking up the model first time and they'll see like, oh, okay, so, you know, this is how they've built it. So if it looks kind of like this, I'm doing all right. You know, it, it won't discourage them if it comes out a bit bad. And then any experienced models like, I, I can do better than this. Yeah. And then yeah, <laughs> anyone else who does make models just looks and go, nah, this is a challenge. I can make this. Whereas for a new modeler, that's like, oh, this is a benchmark. Yeah, that would actually make sense. Yeah. Oh, I just got an idea for one of for a new group build. Sounds we all have to build the horrib the horribly detailed Lindbergh T fifty five. No, I'm not you doing are it again. A monster. No, I've built it once, <laughs> never doing it again. You no. It's just so bad. It is bad. It's horrible. You know what? I proposed I, I, that's why I'm gonna three D print ERA bricks. You could just cover the whole thing in ERA. Oh, that's that's fair. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. I proposed this idea on Kitmaker, and everyone's like, I wouldn't waste my time on this. Yeah, they got a There's... point. Like, for once, Kitmaker's right. Oh, and there we go. Oh, we we're going to have to edit that out. Calvin, we're going to have to, like, bleep Greg out. <laughs> what do you mean? We'll only lose, like, what, maybe three people? <laughs> <laughs> Me and, Dennis, me and Dennis will try to log on and our accounts have just been deleted. Oh yeah, we've been suspended for like a month. Oh. Y'all gonna knock on my door and be like, what the fuck? And you're gonna be like, yeah, this is for fucking kit maker, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, no! Oh, the, the kit maker mob hit. Nah, we're the we're gonna do the next podcast and I'll be like, hi, I'm Greg, recording from the San Clemente Hospital because I got fucking <laughs> <by kit maker laughs> people. <laughs> Now the worst the worst kit maker can do is just make a thread and then you'll have a whole bunch of boomers jumping on it and getting pissy over it. I would and we love can just, to read that. We can yeah, there's like no, it's gonna be a win for us. We can just sit back and watch. Hey, That's any publicity true. is good publicity. Damn straight. Ezra, you know what I just noticed something? What did you just notice? You you see where I'm circling on the uh early model, right? Yes. Yeah. 
The star. The star is canted. The, the, the stars were only supposed to be canted on Canadian or other Commonwealth vehicles. Here, I, I don't know if this is a Canadian vehicle or not. It must not be. Oh. The star isn't canted. Did you ever read about that? The I Commonwealth star. Didn't. So I remember something reading that, something about the star, but not on yeah, well, uh, so kangaroo you, specifically. You guys who want like building Commonwealth vehicles, here's a little bit of a tidbit. In theory, if it was like, uh, you know how all the Allied vehicles have the stars, right? After like 1941 or something. So right. on American vehicles, the star is straight. On British vehicles, the star is straight. On Canadian or New, excuse me, or on New Zealand or Indian vehicles, it's supposed to be canted a few degrees. Why is it canted? I think that was more or less just a distinguishing feature to sort of like make it different than British. I'm you could special. tell them apart. Oh, I always thought it was like a middle this. finger at the Americans. Yeah, I will say this. <laughs> I think it was not usually implemented because you'll see just quite a few photos of Canadian tanks with the stars on straight. But I think in principle, at least, they were supposed to be canted. So that's really weird to see this a supposedly British vehicle with uh, the canted star. Although I, I was about to say, if, if I was an American tanker at the time and I saw like a Commonwealth vehicle roll up with a canted star, if I noticed it, I would probably think, damn, they're, they're kind of, they can't see straight or something when they put the fucking <laughs> star on. <laughs> they're too drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too much of that good Canadian whiskey. Steadies the hand. That's like, oh, the, yeah. ulti- that's like the ultimate subtle in-joke that like maybe during the whole war you'd get like one uh, American general look at it and go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not relating to the stars, but on Ram 2's, the escape hatch was welded over. Yeah, they did that. What the fuck? You will die in this <laughs> tank, damn it. You know the saying, uh, uh, Captain goes down with their ship? Well, <laughs> I've got news for you. <laughs> Fortunately for them, the uh, gun tank never saw combat. <laughs> no, it's the crew goes up with their tank. <laughs> ah, yeah, we're talking about the uh, new Russian space program, eh? <laughs> Actually, well, another taken off in Ukraine. Yeah. Another, <laughs> another side note: in the Italian Navy, they their captains, their ships were um, they were big on the captain goes down to the point where they would do it so often the. Uh, Italian Navy commanders were ordering captains, do not go down with your ship. We can oh, rescue yeah, you. Oh, they, yeah. Weren't yeah, the they, British they doing the same thing? Yeah, but it, it was like, they yeah, kept the, doing the it. Ship was, <laughs> the ship was perfectly fine. Like, it was taking on a little water, but it could easily just float back to port. And meanwhile, the captains are getting ready to just <laughs> drown themselves. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. <laughs> like, like, everyone's just standing around like, dude, we've got bilge pumps. It's okay. Yeah. Or it's like, no, we, it's like, no, we can rescue you. Get off. And they're just going, nope, I'm going down with my ship. And they were ordered, <laughs> don't do this. But they still do like they're like five miles off the coast like bro the coast is right there nope i'm nope get the fuck off we're we're doing this and then you get that one captain who uh, ended up in shallow water and it only goes up to like midway and he just sitting there going oh (laughs) the ship has beached itself and he jumps off into the beach (laughs) (laughs) he jumps off the the ship in an attempt to drown himself (laughs) that's how the rest of his life will go to the bar and be like yeah my i went down with my ship Okay, <laughs> it, it, it beached itself, homie. <laughs> you just be part of a crew of like, didn't go down? Nah. No, what about that one? I think it was like an Italian cruise ship 
that flipped over and the captain was like the first guy off. Oh, the Costa Concordia. Yes. He's and, like, fuck this shit. I ain't going down with a bitch. <laughs> and like the, the guys on the shore had to like order him to get back on the ship. Because he, he says he accidentally <laughs> fell into a lifeboat. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. Cruise ships, cruise ships just scare me, man. Like, they, they, there's something so menacing about them. I will say, when I went on my cruise back in January, it looked, I it was very daunting how big it was. Like, not just that, but they seem to have a fair number of accidents. Like, I don't think it's the safest way to travel. <laughs> Yeah, but you have a good time. Yeah, sure you do. Being on a ship is not a good time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like to yeah. stay on the firm ground where I belong. I mean, the only injury I got was I tore my back up on the drop slide. Like, it literally took a chunk of my skin off. Whoa. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, boy, that... uh, putting razor blades on the slide. <laughs> <laughs> I was only on ship for, like, seven weeks i think and i i could not wait to get off yeah but that's not a cruise ship though i i don't care it's still in the water nope i also hit the water so the only thing that like worries me is what happens when you hit rough water <laughs> oh, hang on God. greg you hate you hate the water yes <laughs> i fucking hate the water yeah and, and what, were, what were you in the uh, military what were you again <laughs> I was an infantryman in a helo company. There you go. Yeah, but what branch? But you're part, were you you're part of the what branch? Was it? <laughs> we're making you say this. We're not say that. <laughs> I was a department of the navy. There we go. So. Uh, Ezra, Ezra, sorry. What is marine in uh, Spanish? Like, it has something to do with water. Correct? <laughs> I don't know. You... Come on, I'm fighter You gotta get that ammo sponsorship. You gotta speak the lingo. <laughs> that, this Look, is I, true. I can, I can get out of a helicopter that's in the water via like it's four feet under, but beyond that, I can't swim for shit. So, <laughs> no, you won't. You won't be able to get out. You'll be too high from the uh, oil sump. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, can you just imagine Greg in a, his personal flotation device just floating back to Okinawa? Just on the high of his life. <laughs> Watches up on land. It's like, what have you been on, son? He just goes, stallion. Yeah. No, officer. It's high. How are you? <laughs> Not how high are you? He's like, please push me back out. It's like, bro, have you been on this new fucking thing they got? It's like an oil pan, dude. <laughs> uh, we should probably get back so on that topic. is the uh, yeah. armored personnel carrier <laughs> this is not the shit podcast now who likes Ooh. artillery oh. yeah look at that god that who, picture on the left is so good looking dude yeah who likes muzzle brakes oh especially a cool muzzle brake like that yeah so this is the sexton <laughs> yeah, get your eighth grade giggles out, boys. Come on. <laughs> so, someone else is gonna have to say. <laughs> yeah, so uh this is basically again one of the things is that the ram they made a lot of rams, right? Like there's just a lot of these hulls sitting around. And again, they they're really good because you can use these for a lot of things that you might want to use, say an M4 
for without actually having to take a valuable M4 tank and then convert it. So, of course, we all know about the M7 Priest, right? Which is right. The Sexton of, is just the sexier M7 Priest. Well, okay. So here's the deal. The so the M7 Priest, obviously, that's the American one. But the British and Canadians also used it for a little while, and it has the 105 millimeter howitzer. Well, the Sexton is essentially the British and Commonwealth sort of equivalent of that. And instead of using the M4 as a platform, it used the RAM, which again, it's not too dissimilar, right? So instead of carrying the 105, it has the 25 pounder, um, right. which is basically just the British artillery. But yeah, the Sexton was used very extensively by both the Canadian and the British uh, forces in uh, both Italy and Northwest Europe. Um, it, it, it was really good. Yeah, it was one of the one of the better artillery vehicles of the war. Um, Dragon makes a kit of this. Two, actually, an early and a late. Yeah. Yeah, but this is definitely one of the... Uh, again, you've got the Kangaroo, you've got the Sexton. These are both, you know, examples of the Ram doing Sterling service as a sort of support vehicle. See, because they... Cool. They did the same for like the Shermans and stuff. So oh, we got the we got the uh, Sherman that's turned into a priest and all that. It was you're kind of looking at like an off-brand. It's this like an off-brand version. Yeah. This, so this is basically <laughs> like whatever I don't know. What's a big brand in uh, America that we have like great value brands of? You guys have M and M's. We have Smarties. So if the uh, Sherman priest and the Sherman armored recovery vehicles are M and M's. Well then, uh, these are the Smarties. It's what like, do you mean? Um, we have some, we have too many Smarties over here. Well, yeah, well, the Smarties were originally Canadian, so I mean, hmm. see, it's like you look at you look at this, and it's like you know the meme of it's like, mom, mom, I want an M seven priest. It's like we have an M seven priest at home, and then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Right. What would be better, the 105 or the uh, 20, or the sorry. Twenty-five pounder. That's eighty-four millimeter, eighty-four point five or something like that. It's a weird one. One hundred five. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh. To remember, I remember reading somewhere that apparently the British liked the uh, Sexton more, but that you know what? It's probably just because it integrated with their logistics better. Probably. That's yeah. That makes sense. Well, yeah, because <clears> the one oh the they didn't really use the priest too much because they used the American ammo, which they had difficulties getting. Um, supplies for, whereas this it just ran off their own stuff. It's almost like exactly. there's a war going on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> supply Actually, if, if you look at the um, sections, you'll notice that they have strengthened Canadian bogies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, with the thicker uh, um, ribs. So the Chieftain has his thing about track tensioning, and Ezra, you've got your thing about the bogies. Oh, I like the strength and bogies. They just look so much better. Okay, so that must make it... I'm looking through my Sexton models right now. Um, so the Sexton on the right is a Mark II. Wait. Yes, I believe, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's got the uh, M4 style bogies with the skid and rear... Um, no, it doesn't have M4 style bogies. It has the Canadian Calib, strengthened Calib, bogies. Look what you've done! Look what you've done! You've just started. You God, opened this can it. of worms. Tell uh, me to send you pictures showing the difference. <laughs> uh, you you think I said that accidentally? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh God! 
I am having a bit of a, a crisis here because I'm all of a sudden realizing, looking at the sextant on the right, I, I'm beginning to worry that might not actually be a, a RAM-based sextant. Well, look at the but, um, look at the the front of the lower hull. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, it has it's the like late. Sherman. Yeah, okay, so well, I, my, I mean, late, this might be a late model, but okay, it's probably a late model because that's the single piece transmission. Assume that this is not a RAM, but imagine basically this with rivets because a variety of vehicles were used for the sex thing. It wasn't just the Ram. Mm. Okay. I looked it up. It's a Sexton Mark II with Canadian heavy duty bogeys, VVSS track and a stowage box on the rear deck. There you go. There we go. I just really want to find like one example of, oh yeah. And they also put like the top of the six and on an M4 just to piss off Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) hey where's your time machine at i don't know that sexton on the left looks like it what kind of bogeys does it have it doesn't have the strength end but i can't see where the um it has the kind that make the vehicle go forward or backwards yeah Ah, i see up and down squish so anyone who's actually making a model of a sexton you better be listening on this one yeah, yeah, I will get you. Get it approved by Ezra first, obviously. Yeah, actually, if you're going to make a model of any sort of RAM vehicle, um, you're going to have to send your photos to the Discord first. The council will look at it, evaluate it, and then say if you can proceed with painting or not. Exactly. Yeah, so that is the uh, discount priest. <laughs> now, here we get to some more interesting stuff. So... Remember how I said none of the gun tanks ever fought, right? They never went into combat. Uh-huh. Well, this is looking an awful lot like a gun tank. So what we have here is the RAM observation post. And basically what this is, is it's a RAM tank, right? No alterations made, save for they gut the, the turret, right? They, they like <laughs> everything unnecessary out of the turret. They put this dummy gun on. And then inside, you basically have a stronger wireless set. At the back of the tank, you had uh, basically a spool of, of telephone cable. Hmm. Yeah, so you could enable communication between this and, say, a headquarters. And then it also had, I believe, a map table as well. And basically, okay, what, what these the things... fuck is the purpose? So basically, the idea of this was that, say, you know, after the D Day landings, right? Or after the landings in uh, Italy, you need a way of sort of not only coordinating all of your different units right but you also need a way of you know facilitating communication between them and you also have to have people just sort of looking around and saying okay what's going on right you need to have that strategic situational awareness right so the idea here was that the sherman tanks right are too valuable as fighting vehicles to just say convert into something that you can have a field commander ride around and you know, talking to other field commanders and you know, looking at his maps and figuring out what's going on, right? But a ram tank, because these were used being used only for training at this stage, they say, okay, look, it can keep up with the you know the forces on the field with the M4s, right? It, it has a you know a somewhat similar level of protection. So what the idea here is that these would be used on in the command uh, units. So they were used in Italy and as well in Normandy. Huh. Basically, the point of them was you've got radios, you have telephone wire, you have a map. Um, I think they carried some observation equipment as well. 
and basically without making it clear that they were carrying officers, which would have made them a target, right? They still look kind of like a normal tank. You have this ability to drive right up, um, you know, along with the main forces and you can, you know, communicate, observe, figure out what's going on and generally command the battle. I wonder okay. with the radio and everything still in there, could the turret traverse? You know, I'm not sure if they took the traverse uh, gears out or not. I, I assume they would just because they weren't necessary. Mm-hmm. Question. Sure. So I, I get the whole idea with, you know, perception is everything and you want to blend in with the regular forces and make yourself look like a regular Joe so you're not a complete target. But since there weren't, you know, rams like this that were basically the Sherman in combat, why would you want to put a put a barrel on it? Well, I mean, and, put yourself in these shoes, right? Say you're a German pack gunner, and you see one of these through the scope, at, and it's you know a dusty day in Normandy, right? Like because after the landings, it was you know it was dust. There was a lot of just like you know these tanks were kicking up a lot of debris, and you see this thing at you know 500 meters, and you've never you don't really know what Shermans look like, right? You just see in tanks, you see Churchills, you see Shermans, you know. You see M10s and all that. Are you necessarily going to be able to, in that split second, say, "Hey, that's you know different enough that it might be a, a you know a new target," or are you just going to say, "Hey, look, there's an Allied tank. We should probably shoot at it." Solid point. I mean, if you think about it, these tanks are actually really tall. Like, I know the foes to do justice, but if you ever build a model of it, you'll realize they're actually really big relative to the Shermans. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you look at it from a, a distance, you can't immediately tell them apart. I wonder how much taller than Sherman they are. Um, I think they're actually about the same height, but they're wide. Like, they're, these are really wide vehicles. Oh, I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, so this is sort of like a lot of people often look at these foes when they're looking at pictures of the ram tanks and they think, oh, the gun tanks actually did go into battle. Because you think about it, the only real indication is that you can see the uh, the gun sites have been blanked off here. That's and they, and clearly they haven't drilled out their gun barrel. Well that, well, that is definitely like an oversight on the modeler's part. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the ram OP. Now you've got Real quick, something... one more, one more thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry if you said this a moment ago and I just didn't catch it. What was the reason they didn't convert a Sherman into that if they were using mostly those for combat roles to make so, it blend even more? By the time you get like 1943, 1944, right? There are hundreds and hundreds of Ram tanks in Britain training, right? But there are also now hundreds and hundreds of M4s. So the original purpose of the Ram was that. You would essentially stock up the British and Canadian Army's uh, tank tank units, right? Because it, there was it was not clear at the time, okay, if the Americans were going to produce enough tanks to satisfy the requirements, especially early on in the war. So you have a lot of the Ram tanks, but obviously, like by the time, especially 1942 rolls around, you get you know the later variants of the Shermans rolling out. Like it's pretty clear they are better than the Ram, right? They have a better armament, they have better armor. They have, you know, especially when it comes to things like the, you know, the wet stowage tanks later on, they're a lot more survivable and a lot safer. So 
it becomes clear even by 1943-ish that the Ram tanks are not going to be suitable when you compare them to the M4 for tank combat, right? Hmm, so the, right. the M4s basically become the combat tanks and then the Rams become the training tanks because they're similar enough that you can train crews in Britain you know, with a pretty good, to a good degree on how to operate the M4s by using the Rams. So it was okay. basically the case that the Shermans were considered too important to convert into something like an observation post. But the ram, because you were only using it for training and there was a surplus of them anyways, that's something that you could convert. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's basically the reason that why you sense. see, instead of like Shermans being used for all these sort of you know, weird support vehicles, it's always going to be the ram. That makes more sense. Thank you. So speaking of support vehicles, this is a pretty rare variant. This is the Wallaby. So this is a uh, gun tower, generally speaking, uh, sorry, tractor, I should say. Um, generally speaking, this was used by the Canadians to tow the 17-pounder. Uh, Why not just put that the 17-pounder on top? Dog. These are quite, the answer to that question. I, I think is never going to be truly understood. Like it, it makes sense, doesn't it? That's probably why they didn't do it because it makes sense. Military yeah, don't exactly. like do things that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like oh, we've got we've got the tank here. It's got a gun on it, but we've got a gun over here as well. So let's remove the turret off this one and tow this one. Yeah, that makes sense. I will say it took a while for the Allies to figure out that you could put a seventeen pounder in a turret. What was the first tank fielded with the 17-pounder? Does the archer count? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it would be the archer then. And even the archer, I mean, think about it. So they had to put it in backwards because they didn't figure out you could just put it in the turret at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that would be... We should definitely do an episode on the archer because it's an We're interesting We're going to have to one. do an episode on the archer. Wait, actually, no. If you're saying the Valentine is the first uh, tank with a 17-pounder... I counter it with this. I'm sending a picture right now. Let's see. The Crusader 17-pounder oh oh. prototype. Oh, that's oh cool. My. That is so Goodness. cool. It's like an archer, but they decide to uh, unarcher your archer. <laughs> so, I have no idea if it was ever made. I just stumbled across that pick. Uh, that is weird. That yeah, is weird. I don't like it. It looks kind of like a Deacon, but not on wheels. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the Wallaby. Only a few of these were really made. Really, in principle, all they were were essentially kangaroos, but everyone was told, no, you're not allowed to climb inside. Get away from it. And then they just towed around <laughs> 17-pounders. Then you've got this thing here. Oh, so my. again really embracing the fake tank concept. Oh, that looks so cool. But yeah, this is the Ram Armored Recovery Vehicle. Um, I want to build that. Basically, the best way of describing it is, you know the Sherman ARV? Mm. Yeah, it's basically that, but a Ram. Uh, but it does everything the same. It has the same equipment. Again, it's just, you know, they're taking tanks that are considered less important for combat, and then just converting them into these... Uh, support vehicles honestly when i first stumbled across that picture i thought it was a ram tank destroyer and i was so happy <laughs> yeah it honestly kind of looks like it, it looks it almost, looks like a casemate it, yeah it looks like a churchill gun carrier 
Oh, the Ram gun carrier. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine? Uh, that would Ezra, be cool. I need to see you make that now. You please make a tank destroyer ram. I will make it look exactly like that, minus the extra stuff. No, no, you got to add the extra stuff. As storage. It's storage. Yeah. That's Actually, new, new group group build. Uh, ram 2, but as a tank destroyer, any kind. Just stuff whatever gun you want. Just how the Allies may turn the Ram into anything they want during the war. We're going to turn the Ram into anything we want. I'm proposing <laughs> a Ram carrying a, a, a tow missile. Now, of yeah, course you are. are. See, what I'll do is I'll get a 17-pounder and then cut a hole out where the uh, machine gunner is and drop it there and make it a casemate. <laughs> <laughs> or just put it in the turret and then just cut the back of the turret out. Yeah, you're going to need to. <laughs> Nah, just put it in sideways. You'll be fine. Y'all are really wanting me to make, or y'all are really making me want to build a uh, tank destroyer now. Well, speaking of Ram tank destroyers. Oh, shit. Look at that. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Have any of you guys heard of a German tank that has become nicknamed the Death Toaster? Yes. Yes. I think so. It's, it's uh, I think, what is it, a Panzer IV with uh, the Flak 88 on it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're all, on the, we're all on the same page of what we're talking about here. But what if I told you that the Canadians decided to do the same thing, but cooler? So of this is a ram tank, kind of pretty standard, right? But where the turret used to be, they put a mount for the 3.7-inch uh, anti-aircraft gun. <laughs> Which later Calum. became the 32-pounder. I was about to say, Calum, 3.7-inch anti-aircraft gun. This reminds me of something we talked about recently. Literally last last week's episode, the tortoise. Yep. It was converted into an anti tank gun for the for the tortoise. So in, in some weird twisted way the uh, tortoise can trace some of its lineage back to this. That is funny. That does not look safe. That's right up there with the Panzer and bison. Uh, safety I feel like be. that would be the like one of the first um, T D designs. Like they didn't know what the fuck yeah. they were doing. They didn't like <laughs> think of protection. They're like, put a big gun on some tracks where they can see shit. Boom. Well, really, what this reminds me of is, you know, guys know that uh, Panzer, I think it was, what, the Panzer three I want to say? And they basically just blanked off the turret and welded the Flak 88 mount to oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was it called? As for the Hornet? The Hornice? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. It almost looks like a Panzerjäger one. This yeah. picture here. But yeah, this was basically a prototype tank destroyer that they developed. Uh, this was in Britain, I believe. And I think they only made one, maybe two. Thank God. <laughs> the war would have been over in like three days if they had made more. Is that a yeah. muzzle break? I, I can't tell what that is. Cover. Okay. It needs a muzzle break. Yeah, but that kind of puts into perspective just how big the 3.7-inch anti-aircraft gun was, considering, like, the RAM is not small, and it it's pretty large in comparison to the RAM. Well, the, the, the 3.7 is bigger than the 88, because it's in, it's in 94 millimeter. With, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So it's bigger Where than the these... American 90 as well. Where would they store the ammunition? On well, all I that mean, open space in the back, where else? I was going to say, yeah. No, no, no. no it's going to be, I, I, no, it's gonna be sorry, on the wallaby that's following, following behind them. 
Well, I was about to say, yeah, one of the uh, main <laughs> uses of the ram when it was not being used for army personnel carrier duties was to carry ammunition, and the wallaby was able to carry ammunition um, both inside oh. and carrying it on a trailer. Actually, didn't wow. the sexton carry ammunition as well? Didn't they rip the gun out? It, it did, yeah. So what the sextons, yeah. what you had was basically whether or not it was on a ram platform or a Sherman platform, they were, they were, I think, about as many ammunition carriers as there were ones that carried the 25 pounder mm. so yeah i mean that's a pretty cool pretty cool design so now <laughs> um sadly the ram basically was pretty much it pretty much fell out of use as soon as the war ended right because by the by 1945 even for use in training they had been superseded by the m4 shermans right so there was really no main use for the Ram once the war was over because they'd all been converted into these weird support vehicles, right? So what ended up happening was as the Dutch army was being built back up after you know the end of hostilities in 1945, the Canadian and British government donated a whole bunch of Ram gun tanks to them. Hmm. Now the problem was that these tanks were not donated in the best condition. The Canadians One basically man's trash is made... another man's treasure. Exactly. I mean, the Canadians basically made this uh, eBay post in 1945 where they said, uh, for sale, 200 Ram tanks, uh, lightly used. Uh, I know what I've got, no lowballers. And then the Dutch did the opposite, whereas the Canadians, British, and Americans looked at the Ram and went, right, take the turret off, we'll keep the rest. The Dutch just went, <laughs> right, keep the, keep the turret, get rid of the rest. I would note that there were probably a surplus of turrets at this stage. Because so... <laughs> they kept taking them off. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they just melt the turrets down to make and make more rams. <laughs> a, a ram tank made entirely of turrets. <laughs> so, so actually, vehicle. Actually, this is your. This is how when you buy your Bronco Ram tank, you take the turret off and you build a kangaroo. You keep the turret and you build one of these. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, that's that's actually kind of smart. So, basically, the problem was that when the Canadians had given the Dutch these ramps, there was actually a lot of positive feedback. They did like it, but the problem was by the time they had been donated to the Dutch, they had just been kept in really bad condition. Right? Because, again, they had been superseded by the Shermans. No one really needed them anymore. So, the, what the Dutch ended up doing was back in the 1950s, they constructed uh, this, which is called the Ijessel Line. Um, and basically, the idea of this was that it was sort of like a Maginot line that would actually work, so that if the Soviets ever invaded uh, the Netherlands, this, the Ijessel line was actually a network of different fortification lines that were spread out between, say, dikes, uh, natural waterways, and also just in villages. And the idea was that they would delay the Soviet advance just long enough so that NATO could get their counterattack going. Boy, so, they better start getting the stuff up again. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what you have here is you've got even you know it's it's a tiny little village, right? And you know you're just driving along the road, and all of a sudden you see this. So they had these concrete <laughs> bunkers made, and they took the turrets off of Sherman Fireflies and then also Ram tanks, put them so they could rotate on these concrete bunkers, and said, "Yeah, that's your uh, pillbox." I will note. It's actually, not a bad idea. I, as you can see here, they've shrunk the six-pounder considerably. <laughs> did they drill a hole? Yeah, well, they did, on this one, they did drill a hole, so we're, you know, okay. thankfully they did that. 
so they could stick their bolt actions in there and pop them off and make them theme like they're a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically uh, all the six pounders were removed from the ram tanks, which is odd because the Sherman's got to keep your seventeen pounders. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Go. Yeah, but, because, but what did they uh, replace it with? Like a M nineteen nineteen or what? Yeah, it's an M nineteen nineteen. Hmm. I mean, honestly, I bet this, if, you know, back in the, say, if it was in the 1940s or 50s that this happened, that these had to be used, they wouldn't be completely useless. Like, I, I could see this presenting a little bit of an issue. Well, yeah, but until a T-54 rolls up and just puts a nice HE shell into it. You've got me thinking now, would this survive an HE round from a T-54? No. I mean... I don't think so. They might have to use AP. Oh, no. Ezra, do you know uh, off chance like what the uh, penetration value for an HE shell from a T-54 would be? No, Ballpark. but we can pull up War Thunder. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Same. Uh, what, I mean, you could... Weapon? The D-100? I think so. You could honestly probably fire the HE shell um, at the concrete. Uh, okay. I don't know. Might not, might not go through, but it would at least shake up whoever's inside. And how oh, many people would even be? How many people would be inside? Like two. Probably like two. Huh. Oh, what they should have done? <laughs> they should have mounted the turret, the MG turret from the early Ram ones on top of this. That would have been really funny. <laughs> <laughs> or just okay. put the um, M1 um, machine gun turrets instead of the big turret. Then you just have this tiny little machine gun turret that you can't hit. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You like one how person many that small, too. small bunkers you can make just using that. That would be a bitch and a half to try and get rid of. <laughs> so yeah, it would not have been able to penetrate it. It would have had to use uh, APHE. Ah. Hmm. That's good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the moment you get hit with an HE shell inside of that thing, you're you're going to be ringing for a moment. Yeah, you won't need coffee for that morning, again. for sure. Oh, fuck no. Now, you'd probably throw up your breakfast, and by the time you're done throwing up, an APHE's already come through and killed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there you go. So this is the official MMP uh, podcast <laughs> advice. When you buy your Bronco <laughs> Ram, also buy some stuff to make a concrete bunker, because you can make a, a kangaroo... And you can make an adjustable line bunker. Get two for the price of one. Brilliant. There you are. Now, speaking of models. Hell yeah, look at that. Models. Yay. Now, for the longest time, the only way you could make a RAM was you had to buy a uh, Tamiya M3 Lee. And then also buy, like, some resin conversion kit. There, there have been quite a few of them made over the years. Um, fortunately, though, now we actually have things like the Bronco kit. I mean, to be nice. fair, though, the resin uh, conversions aren't that expensive. I think they're like... The resin conversions are actually pretty decent, too. Yeah. They're like 50 USD, I think, which is fairly decent. I mean, it does vary quite a bit in 35th scale. I know uh, quite a few companies have actually done it, so we're pretty lucky from mm -hmm. that standpoint. Um, if you are looking to make you know, Ram tanks in 35th scale and you don't necessarily want to do the Bronco kit, which is right now kind of the only game in town for like an out-of-the-box build, 
Um, has anyone here ever wa- read uh, Panzer Sarah Bunker? I love his stuff. Yeah. So if you look him, him up, he's uh, he's this blogger. I think is he from Spain? Mm, Portugal. Portugal. Thank you. Um, but yeah, he's an incredibly um, talented modeler. He does a lot of Canadian stuff. And these are two RAM models he's worked on. Those are beautiful. Yeah. You will note that this is a Mark One. It's got the uh, two-pounder, and this is a later model. I think it's a Mark uh, Two. Yeah. And he kept it doctrinal, as in that's a proper command vehicle, not an actual, like, what-if scenario gun gun gun. Yeah, so or- these are both gun tanks. However, on the next slide, um, this is one that he did. This is the command vehicle. Nice. Okay. So, so I yeah, think if you're building like a model, you can actually see the differences a bit better. You see you've got the uh, telephone wire. Um, the hatch is a little bit different, I think. Yeah, but it's pretty clear it's a it's a dummy gun on this. Yeah. Yeah. That, now, um, what was the flamethrower one called again? Um, badger. Badger. A badger. The badger. badger. The badger. So that's that's the bottom right one. That yep. looks awesome. Yes. Um, right now, I think the best uh, kit for this right now is the one by Formations. Mm-hmm. And basically, you just need to have like have a M3 Lee or whatever kit as your base. You could definitely use the Bronco Ram, though, as your base. And it's, I think, 50 Canadian dollars, and you get all the parts you're going to need. It's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Although it doesn't look like it's got a flamethrower on the front. Yeah, it looks like it's still got the 30. Yeah. Well, you could probably just catch that one. really neat looking. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, Rich, that company from China, I believe, they make the uh, Wasp Mark II, which is one that Canadians use. So you could even take that uh, universal carrier kit, do a bit of kit bashing, mix that with the formations resin, and then you could have a full interior badger, which would be pretty cool. And then on the top here, we have a kangaroo. Mm Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the kangaroo, unfortunately, there's not really much you can do. It's mostly just scratch building. Isn't there a formations kit? There might be. There definitely might be. You know, there, it is, there is something special about scratch building kits out of, like, vehicles out of other kits and whatnot. Like, True. Like, look at that. Like, that's just, it looks like a proper kit, mm-hmm. but it's not. <clears throat> my my grizzly firefly. <clears throat> yeah, Ezra, why didn't you add a slide in about that? I should oh. have. Oh, Dennis, he added a slide, all right. He added a slide. <laughs> oh, it didn't God. it didn't pop up though, but he he added a slide. Up. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm afraid to click the click the next slide. Don't. Oh, it's no. it's you already passed it. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Just keep going. It's not even no, that you know bad. No, screw. I, I'm, I'm, ref- I'm getting, I'm clicking out of here, and I'm going to refresh. It's not even bad. You, you modeled it off Dennis, didn't you? Is yeah. That... Wait, Look no, 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 no. That picture, I, I've posted it in the anime one before. Are you? But you are kidding me, right? <laughs> 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 You're kidding me, right, Ezra? Viewers, I need to... just want you to know that this. We hope you have uh, enjoyed Mr. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Ezra on the podcast because he's now going to get crucified. He, he, remember Ezra? How when we started making this podcast, it used to begin not with a cold open, but with actionable threats against you. Oh yeah, well, huh. time to make good on those. <laughs> no, no, 
No, just wait until I modify it so it's Femboy you sitting in the turret. Oh, God. Okay, I can approve of that. <laughs> People are going to start thinking that that's actually true. <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> I mean, imagine one of these rolling around England in 1943 and you see the commanders wearing the pink cat girl headphones. I would not be upset when the Germans popped their top. <laughs> <laughs> so you go that's on. if the Germans... That's if the Germans could even do that, because the Ram is such an OP tank. No, uh, see no, they, they could do it. Have you heard of the Flock 88? <laughs> <laughs> no. Have you heard about you being a wearaboo? Yeah. Insinuating that, that somehow you. an allied tank could be knocked out is not, is, it's just, no, that's wearabooism. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So yeah, that is the RAM. Now, Ezra, you made this slide. Yes, this is just, I actually couldn't find any movies the RAM was in, but it is in three games made by Gaijin. So we have the Emperor A5 in War Thunder, and then just two regular RAM 2s in in World of Tanks and World of Tanks Blitz. I actually have the RAM 2 in World of Tanks Blitz, and it is very nice. I have bounced... Is it just like a low res picture or something? That Ram Two looks just a little bit weird. It looks yeah, it's but it's uh, it's pulled a Greg and uh, drank some of the oil from the oil spill. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it looks like it's squished a bit. I like don't think squished. it's which one, which oh, pick, the Blitz one. What I don't one? think so. I will say this, um, in War Thunder, the RAM is absolutely overpowered because the where it sits in the American tech tree, if you have it, having that quick-firing six-pounder makes you almost invincible, and it can mm. take a lot of damage. Damn. Yeah, the RAM 2 is pretty uh, OP in Blitz as well. You have like a three-second reload, I think, and a fair oh amount God. of hit points. Which, which is uh, completely accurate to real life. Yes. I mean, you can laugh at hit points, but this has a lot of them. So, that was the RAM, and we have a segment on this podcast called A Hill to Die On, where one of us comes on with a horrible take, and then he gets uh, crucified for it. (laughs) And this week, we have Greg. All right. So, So, my hill to die on this week is a somewhat of a controversial topic in the Discord. So uh, real quick to give you all a little advertisement, if you want to get on some controversial topics like this one, hop in the Discord. But uh, to give you a little taste, uh, my hot take is that um, not official resin, but recast figures are not as bad as people say. And I actually prefer them over the real thing so there there you go that i mean their take that's probably the best take we've had on the while but listen their quality might be fine but it's on your conscience that you're not actually buying it from the company that's why do i care though uh, okay, i guess that's fair if, if i may point it and call attention to the uh, photo i posted ezra i think here's the argument why recasting is morally okay if Look, I'm 23 dog. and I live in California. Okay, like, there's a reason I'm okay with the uh, with the uh, the cheaper option. 
<laughs> I, I think it's insulting that for two Canadian tank figures, uh, you're expected to pay what almost you know seventy dollars USD, not even Canadian. Yeah, USD. yeah, yeah I guess figures of somewhat mediocre quality. Meanwhile, I bought what let's see eleven figures plus shipping for thirty dollars, and they are amazing detail. Like, I mean, if you want to sell your soul for those figures, that's fine. Not you. You have a point, though. I would buy recast figures. I've done it in the past. I mean, hey, to each his own, man. Honestly, like if you want to support that company and whatnot, go for it. But me personally, I like saving money where I can so I can buy more. Uh, yep. And it, I mean, yeah, the quality on some of the the recasts, the quality may not be there as much. And sometimes they're a little more frail or fragile. Mm -hmm. But if you've got, for especially for more seasoned modelers like us, if you have the patience and whatnot to actually do it right, then it's it's definitely a good deal. Actually, this just I'm a seasoned modeler. <laughs> Boy, have you seen your work? I know it's pretty sweet. Okay, actually, um, the stowage I bought for my shot cow is recast. I didn't know it until it showed up. No. I know. I no. felt kind of bad, but I don't care. Okay, There's guys, only... get the pitchforks. Get the uh, black tar. <laughs> we're going to go after us for now. Get him. It's, it was like a weird like pink color when really it should be white. Well, I mean, I, I do see the argument like that from a, a kind of an ethical standpoint, you shouldn't be supporting recasters because exactly it, right it is true. Like, I I run a little little side hustle in the hobby industry, and definitely, I don't think I would like it very much if I knew that sort of every time I released a new product, people would just you know immediately make copies of it. So, yeah, I, I think it does hurt the manufacturers to a certain extent, but you also have to you know, ask yourself. But if the manufacturers were charging decent, you know, reasonable prices, would they, would this problem even exist then? You know, no. Well, if you can get someone who does a recast and can still sell them cheaper, you know, it's like, well, then you uh, prices can come down a little bit. It's that uh, that big corporate mindset right there. Because, like, for example, like Dennis posted, the Black Dog 135 Canadian Army Tank Crew in Afghan. Like, yeah, modern figures, especially tank crewmen, are kind of rare. But who in their right fucking mind is going to pay damn near 50 bucks? And it's on sale, too. Oh, my God, say, yeah. Normally 70, and that's U.S. <laughs> that's, that's just way too much. Like, you could buy, like, this M8 Greyhound set from Tamiya I got for, like, 40 bucks. A whole kit. Yeah, exactly. You could exactly. buy a nice kit for that money. Yeah. It's just You could buy an ridiculous. old, nice tooled uh Tamiya Tiger for that. Oh god. You could you could buy Now I'm not saying go buy a Tamiya Tiger, but <laughs> Wariboo. Are you sure about that? <laughs> go get the Sherman. It's a better it's it, it's nice. Their Sherman 105 has always had a special place in my heart. I've never built it. Oh, it's nice. It, it, it's, you know, mm. classic. It's nice. Yeah, but, uh, sorry. What do you anyways, think, Alan? Where, we, where, where were we? Well, like, for me, over here, I even struggle to get, you know, stuff like figures like that. So I'll take a recast any day because, like, New Zealand, trying to find stuff like that. Like, I was trying to find a 30-second scale 
um, Royal Flying Corps pilot for my SOP with Camel. And there is literally none in this entire country. Like I searched yeah. every single New Zealand site and every mm. single store, all that. There is none at all. So there's, and so to try and order overseas, it's stupid expensive. Um, so I'm, I'm all for recast right now just because prices are just kind of stupid high. Y'all yeah, that's fair. Ukraine figures I got for the, the Dio. Yeah. yeah. I think out of all of them, I think seven of them are recast and they've got just great detail. It's like you, you got to pick and choose. It's like picking and choosing your battles. You got to pick and choose what's, what's good and you got to look into it. Um, because I get the whole, like, some recasting things, like, come broken, or they're, like, stupid frail, or or whatnot. And it, it is kind of shitty that they're they're taking what a company is making and, I mean, helping out the model community, in my opinion. But it's, it's yeah, just, like, like you can't beat the pricing. Yeah, like, there are some things, like, that you will spend the money on. You know, a decent kit. You know, you, you look at it, it's like, okay, this kit is, like, 120 bucks but it's spectacular yeah i'll go for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then it's like okay i've got this kit that i've spent 30 bucks on i just need some figures for it and the figures are more expensive than the whole kit you bought for it it's um okay that's that's like building that's like trying to build a legitimate canadian uh leopard 2a6 m can in afghanistan you, you need to, to buy billion dollars on barracuda yeah the Barracuda resin set is, I think, what, like 120 bucks? It's Oof. 120 bucks USD on sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's normally more than that now. Uh, or you can I'll find it. Cardboard. <laughs> Actually, you can find it at um, on scale model something or other for, I think, 97 pounds. I would wait and start going to shows to see if a vendor's selling it for good, try- for good Dude, price. I did that. I believe me. If I see one for less than a hundred bucks, I'm getting it no matter what. Yeah, that but but it's like, come on, we we spend enough on models as it is, you know. Yep. And it's like uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever read some of the magazines, like yeah, you know, uh, to me a to me a model monthly or you know all of those scale model international. But in most magazines nowadays, they have like these little things, you know, these little info boxes near the but where the editor's messages on the front page. It's talking about how you should not buy recasts, right? You should always buy the legit product. Yep. And it's like, you know, I think the the experience of trying to build Canadian models, like say if you want to build a late model lab three with the Lorik package, you need to get the real model update set for that. If you want to make a Canadian leopard, you need to get the black dog resin set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing is like, I think modelers generally would want to support the manufacturers like Alpine or black dog and so on and so forth. If, if they only charged decent prices, if they had good shipping options, right? The, fact of the matter is, they charge a lot, considering that you know there's you know people usually you know usually from China, but also from other countries who are more than willing to just take that initial financial hit and then redistribute it to the community at a much lower cost. Mm-hmm. Well, just, just like a homie hookup. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like I've well, just actually looked- speaking. <laughs> Speaking of magazines, um, somebody dropped me off today a scale modeler magazine from July 1980. Those are the best. I can't wait to read it. 
dude, like reading just even the advertisements and seeing how things used to be where you could. Yeah, like, exactly. Seeing how different the styles are. Oh my gosh. You know, they used to advertise uh, photo etch makers, like your know, desktop photo etch Oh, machines. that's cool. Oh my gosh. Those were the days. This says it. Um, it, it's it, it's including plans for this one aircraft in one thirty second scale. Oh, that's what they used to do. Because yeah, I scratch built everything back then. Exactly. I have a bunch of issues of uh, Scale Modeler International. I think that's what's called. No, sorry, hmm. it's Fine Scale Modeler from the Oh, Fine Scale, scale. Yeah. And in each article, they would have say if someone's doing a scratch build part for a tank or an aircraft, they would have the plans in various scales. So one to one seventy two, one to one to thirty five, and then you could just copy them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit, I think the Legend ADATS conversion is worth pl- paying the $100 for. Like, it's cast extremely well. But, I don't know. Yeah, I've just noticed that Canadian Army tank picture. Normal 70 bucks US, plus about six, 18 bucks for um, shif- shipping. Yeah. That's a bit hmm. price. That's a bit pricey. Yeah. Think about how much money we spend on the hobby, right? Even if you do like, let's say you you build like average price kits, like five average price tanks a year, right? Including the paint. Just five. Uh, well, well, let's keep it like you know. Let's keep it on the down low or the low, right? The low end. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still probably like 2K. Yeah, the paint, the airbrush, the kits, uh, all the stuff if you're making dioramas. uh, You know, you you spend a lot of money on this stuff. And if, if, I mean, hell, if you've got the money to spend 80 bucks on this stuff and it it not bother you, I mean, hey, more power to you, like, you know, good on you. But it's just most of us, right? Exactly. or like a little more on the poor side compared to a lot of a lot of uh i, I don't want <laughs> to say we're to, all poor that's why you need to donate to the micro machines podcast patreon <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that kind of also goes towards you know getting getting into the uh industry you know getting into modeling you know i see um like i was at my local last year i was at my local hobby store and there was a kid who was um looking looking to build his first one and he was looking at a uh he was actually looking at the um tamiya 105 uh m4 and for Good some light. reason yeah for some reason my local doesn't really display a lot of prices on their stuff hmm. um and you can see the you know it was definitely his first time buying and stuff like that so he grabbed it convinced his mom yeah they want this one want this one and all that go up to the counter and the guy's like yeah that's about 80 bucks and oh, like, oh, what? Oh. Charge that much for that kid yeah yeah and the kid's oh, mom's yeah. just, the kid's mom's just like nope nope nah, <laughs> not doing it so the kid oh, basically so went sad. home empty hand i, I know the like, poor kid if i had the money i would have gone and just gone like here i'll buy i'll buy it for you just to get you started but yeah little kids poor kid. deserve to have armored fighting vehicles in their lives you yeah. know, he probably went back home and started playing Fortnite. 
because he had nothing God. better to do. Well, I mean, say what you will, but I just had a, a guy come into the store um, today, and he bought a to be a one to thirty two scale Corsair. Mm-hmm. I was oh, like, oh, yes. so you're pretty, you know, you've, you're into the modeling. And he said, no, this is my first one. Oof. I just kind of looked oh, at wow. him. I was like, do I tell him? Because because he knew the price and everything. I was like, do you know how how complex this is going to be? <laughs> yeah, those aren't cheap, right? Aren't they like one twenty? Yeah, they generally go for around one fifty ish dollars. Oof. You're just looking at him. It's like, good luck, mate. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, deep you know, right there. More power to you. I I wish I had your confidence. And uh, <laughs> I, I told him straight up, follow the instructions. YouTube everything. You'll be fine. It's a Tamiya kit. You can't mess it up. <laughs> and then I'll see you in about six months when you finish. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Godspeed. I've got a question, Dennis. Is there a chance you could possibly, like, advertise in a way the the podcast or anything there? No, <laughs> yeah, at least not as it currently stands. Because uh, I, it, it's basically I'm I'm not going to disclose anything about where I work. I'm just going to you know, like share funny anecdotes. Um, I mean, very well. One day, you know what? I, I do. I will say this. I tell people all the time about the uh, podcast when I'm working. Um, and I know that at least a few armor modelers in the Ontario area are definitely listening to us now. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know what you should do? Just get a whole bunch of like business cards with just our podcast. Oh, on yeah. It. And every, every time someone buys one, just slip it into the box. Slip, like, yep. slip it in, yeah. <laughs> just be like, oh, by the way, yeah. I, could I do would that. like I, I might to, actually uh, do that. On the in this show, the IPMS show in San Diego, it has fifty five vendors, so it's a big show. I want to be able to take something to either pass out or at least display the podcast. You know what? I might actually make business cards for us. I've got a uh, card stock for my printer. I've got a nice hmm. straight line cutter. You know, I might do that. That's a good idea, actually. Actually, yeah. Then just go to a sto- go to a show with a whole bunch of them, and then just like slip them into people's pockets, or like go to a vendor. <laughs> like when the vendor's As not looking, just the put it out of there. You slip the uh, podcast sticker in, <laughs> or like you go up to a vendor's um, table when they're not looking. You just put like a small pile right next, right in front, right in the middle of the table. <laughs> <laughs> He's making it rain with uh, MMP business cards. Because <laughs> like the way we advertise online is good. Right? Yeah, but we need it, more. We need more. I mean, I say we need more. It it would help us grow more, right? Being able to, and not only that, but having someone in person, like let's say you go to a show, right? And you get to meet a member of a podcast that's like, right? They're advertising their shit. It, it makes it a little more personal, you know? Yeah. Like I was trying to get a bit more with um, contacting the Plastic Posse, but they've just left me on red now. Um, well, I might oh, start the whole thing about threatening to fight them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might. But we start, can take uh, them. Yeah, I might start <laughs> um, harassing on the bench next. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start harassing the on the bench guys. Yeah, they're Do next. It. Hey, the worst <laughs> they can say is no and leave us on red. Yeah, yeah I also yeah. oh, oh, to hurt the plastic posse after they gave you a shout out <laughs> over pizza <laughs> of all things. <laughs> I'll go harass like the model geek podcast or whatever on my uh, on the our Instagram. Actually, just yeah, just start, spam like, out a whole lot of messages using the um, yeah the the Instagram account. Wait, no, Dennis, do I dare message the one podcast 
that we idolize. Well, Which there's one? your problem. Well, there's your problem. I mean, honestly, considering that we're slowly becoming less and less like a clone of their podcast, I say, yeah, yeah, you should yeah. do it. Well, I, well, I, I, I run well, the Twitter account and I follow them. They're the only pot thing I follow. Yeah. Well, honest, um, Ezra, you can probably <clears> soften <throat> the deal with, you can sweeten the deal with them by saying that I am actually, I am, like the industry they talk about, I am actually in. You know, I am part of the industry. So that's your, yeah. that's your in. Yeah. You're a fellow, uh, Civil engineer. Yeah, civil engineer. I, I would love to talk about like tanks and civil engineering. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. so cool. I am so in the dark right now of what's being talked about. Oh, we're talking about probably one of the funniest, best podcasts ever made. Greg, I'll send you some uh, links for your listening. No, Greg, you've listened to uh, you've listened to one of their episodes. They did the V twenty two Osprey. Oh, those guys! Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys were fucking funny. I, I had a blast with that episode. Uh, I know. Roz and or Alice, if you guys are listening right now, we love you. Please have us on the show. Uh, we'll talk about civil engineering. And Ospreys. Yeah. Greg, get uh, high on air in the oil slick. <laughs> Uh, not in the Ospreys, just in the Stallions. But we can talk about those two. Well, what oh, wacky I was uncharacteristic my... thing would you do with the Osprey? What's up? What 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 wacky and uncharacteristic thing would you do for the views in an Osprey? Uh, well, it wouldn't be very uncharacteristic. I mean, the thing goes down all the time, so just a crash landing. Well, there you go. I'll tell you what I'd do. But, I'd hook a uh, I'd hook a unarmored Humvee underneath it and use it as a battering ram to go smash into ISIS fighters. <laughs> Humvee to the face. <laughs> Actually, speaking of stallions, um, when I was at my state golf tournament, which we placed last out of last, thank you very much. Um, right as we finished, a bu- I think three or four sea stallions flew over our head and I just start screaming, Oh, look, um, something, something 53s. Greg, Greg. I was so happy (laughs) with myself that they CH 53s, right? No, is it? Yeah. Yeah. We call them 53s. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I said AH 53s or CH 53s, but I was yelling one of them and everyone just looking at me like, yeah. I was happy, they, though. They really should have turned those into gunships. That was a lost opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we didn't. There, There's a lot of room in there. Like, you can fit a whole platoon of dudes, plus, uh, like, you know those, like, go-kart tactical jeeps that we have now? I forgot what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, you can fit, like, two of those in that bitch, plus a whole platoon of guys. That's pretty cool. So you're all, fucking huge. All they gotta do is, um... Just have a 105 howitzer just aiming out the back of the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do a drive-by. <laughs> or just push a Humvee out the back if they can even... No, those... Never mind. They can't fit Humvee. Fuck. Disregard. I mean, they, they might be able to. I mean, do a little... Pull up the seats a little bit and you might be able to. That's probably true. Wow. But I don't know. I just rode in them to point A to point B. I didn't actually work on them or anything. So you weren't that special. Fuck no. 
Me special? Yeah, right. Oh, you're special <laughs> to us. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was uh, the hill to die on. I think we were all in agreement. Uh, please continue to support the illegal recasting industry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, support yes. and give, give money to us so that we don't have to. And then we can offload all of that ethical guilt onto you guys. Wait, do we still have that pirated STL file thing still up? <laughs> quiet. Boy, quiet. We do not have any pirated STLs. Thank you. Ah, uh, I see. Because piracy is a crime, and we would not do that because that's unethical. Right. The only piracy we believe in is no, stealing we Russian don't, tanks. We don't, believe, we don't believe in any piracy. Dude, this oh. is going to be public. <laughs> <laughs> no, all I said we believe in, we just believe in stealing Russian tanks. It's not stealing if they just left it behind. Okay? They abandoned oh, that's it. It's true. like a puppy. It's like an abandoned yeah. puppy. You take I've it got, in and I've got take to salvage rights on these STL files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Dennis, just go ahead and uh, change the Google Drive accounts uh, password. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah you um... know what? Uh, we're, not, we're not giving the public... Here's the thing. If you wanted to join the Discord for public access to the STLs on the Google Drive, uh, no one more. Too bad. You know, they were all <laughs> yeah, legally purchased. Nah. That is true. Yeah. Wait, I think my code cage file is on there. Oh my god. <laughs> No, but I actually designed that, okay? Actually, so I pirated it off you. Things on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind you pirating it off of me. I you only spent, what, what, like 16 hours? Discord? Everybody, please join our Discord, pirates the files that Ezra and I made, and then we'll kind of, like, the universe will be right again. Yeah. Yes. It'll even wait, out wait. the, uh... Ugh. Oh, fuck, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Thanks for believing yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot what I was saying too. Shit. Wait, Dennis, which SCLs did you make? Um, the ones for the ERA bricks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to get those. Oh my god. Don't pull on me, Dennis. Ship them off. Do them as quick as you can. I shipped them in the uh, padded envelopes you can get from Canada Post. I just like slapped six permanent stamps on there, and I'm praying that that's enough because Canada <laughs> Post doesn't actually want to tell me how much they want. Yeah. So my we'll printer see. is still down. I need to strip it back down and well, hopefully by the next podcast I can pull up the uh the ERA bricks as a work in progress. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of works in progress, here's our works in progress this week. And leading into our topic that we're talking about, the RAM. Relevant. Yeah, exactly. Here's a sextant that I 3D printed maybe five or six months ago in 1-100 scale. As you can see, it is quite tiny. Um, is it a 6-1 or a 6-2? Oh, it's a 6-2. It's about as late as you get. It has CDP tracks, uh, oh, strength look, it's got and the, bogeys. Uh, it's, got the M, it's got the M4 bogeys. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It has strength and bogeys. Oh, hold on, hold on. Those stars aren't canted, though. My reference pictures didn't show them canted. I know. <laughs> I thought about it as I put them on. That that looks amazing for one to one hundred scale. Thank you. I can't wait to start weathering it. And if you look super, 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 super closely, you can see my one um, one to one hundred scale scratch built Lee Enfield rifle. Oh my god! You're right. There is. Wow. Bro, you should have added a closer picture of that because that thing is fucking tiny and detailed. 
I mean, it's not as tiny as your little aircraft you did for your diorama, but thank you. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I can't wait to start weathering it. It's going to be fun. I might even well, do a small little... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, this will be a good one to send into um, ammo. Just don't send it with the AK bottle underneath it. <laughs> yeah, like that like the email you get in the response is just like a bunch of Spanish curse words. <laughs> oh, Dennis. maybe I should reach out to AK. Be like, you should give me a sponsorship. Oh, that's what you do. You say, um, you should give me a sponsorship because I'm in talks with Ammo right now. Oh, yes. And you just lie to Ammo and say, I'm in talks with uh, AK right now. <laughs> And then neither of them give you a sponsorship. Yeah, and then they just go, yeah, sure. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, go with them. <laughs> and Dale. Honestly, I... Yeah. Oh. Sorry, real quick. If I add a picture to one of my work in progress slides, could you refresh it when you get to yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Awesome, thank you. I honestly might just DM the Ammo with Make Instagram my entire resume and then a link to my uh, PDF I made for my folder of pictures. See then, see you. You have one little problem there. If you do that, what? Well, what if they read? What if they just leave you on red? It's like they read it and it's like, nah. They've already left me on red. It's not the first time. Hey, we got to get to the third time to charm. All right. True. <laughs> I've sent in a bunch of pictures to them to post on their story, and they do it almost every time. So, I mean, at least they're looking at me. Okay, picture's updated. Or slide's right. updated. Word. Ah. So uh, Shot cow with, um, with recast stowage. I am still working. I'm still working on the base for it. I made it thicker, as you can see. Uh... I'm in the process of painting every single tiny rock on the base. I have some static grass in the mail. And yeah, I might add an IDF tanker leaning up against it. We'll see. Other than that, I'm really happy with how it's coming out. It's going to look great. You yeah, should definitely nice, get man. a recast IDF tanker and put on there. <laughs> I will. <laughs> no, I don't want to wait two months for it to come from China, though. That, that hurts. Yeah, you're right. Wait three months for it to come to, from the Czech Republic. <laughs> you know what? I If I can find one for cheap, I'll do it. boy. Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, there we go. Perfect. All right. On to my normal three slides because... I do too much. Uh, so slide number one, it's uh, I just finished my Ukraine house for this uh, Ukraine diorama. It's uh, from Wish, and I did a full interior build using resin furniture and a shit ton of scratch building. That's fucking fantastic. I, I like the, the model us. I like the MMP posters. Good Thank touch. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, where, 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 where? Above, above the, the bed, bed and <gasps> on the wardrobe. Oh, yep. that's so cool. I tried I to make this as accurate to a 
modern day teenage boys room that would be in ukraine so i did a lot of like ukrainian music posters stalker twos from ukraine uh on the bed poster or on the bed bed right there you can see pictures of like a a girl and then a couple trying to make that like his girlfriend and their couple picture. It's Val. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that actually kind of does look like Val, doesn't it? Uh, look, I'm gonna be honest. If I had to imagine Val's house, I would imagine like this, but like, like a modern German architecture. And then yeah. Just this, this this bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Val. We found where you live. The bed scrap, or not the bed, but the the bed sheet, the pillows, the curtains, uh, the little miniature airplane and tank diorama, uh, ceiling fan, all that scratch built. And then the figures right there, I just took that photo. I'm making the old-fashioned Ukrainian camo for my Ukrainian volunteers for the diorama. Nice. I have to say, the bed sheet and the curtains are just tits. They look so good. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I'm just in love with these posters. Like those just add so much. And the yeah, especially the. Oh, I can't wait till we get to the next slide. I have some stuff to say. Dude, you're gonna take this to this show in San Diego, and like people are just gonna stare at it for hours because like there are all these little little Easter eggs. There. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's even the. Uh, do you see the calendar on the right hand side? It's March 22. Oh my god. Oh. Got a Ukrainian Wait. fighter jet. There's a Ukrainian UFC fighter and uh, underneath the MMP poster on the, the wardrobe and all sorts of stuff. Where do you find the goddamn time, man? Jesus. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> this guy works full time, too. I haven't yeah. even touched I... I haven't even touched a model in like three months, three weeks. Wait, 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 go back to the last picture. Is the is that is that um tip torn off the glove? Is that your uh, finger there? I've been staring at it for the last 30 seconds oh, trying yes. to figure out what finger it is. Picks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, carry on. Yeah. All right. Characteristically looking for the finger picks. Yes, <laughs> no, Dennis is the only oh, one here who remember this. The horny jail. But remember <laughs> when we were talking in uh, on the Great Canadian Campaign about the toes... Oh yeah, because <laughs> there was a picture of Mead Mead's toes in one of these pictures. I'm gonna resell those. Mark my words. <laughs> I'm gonna make a fortune off of those. Oh God, recasting toe pictures for two days. We were talking about nothing but toes and uh, bad puns. Oh Lord. All right, dude. Well, that... Here's part two. It's the uh, the attic and close-ups of the exterior. I try to make this look like, because uh, this is supposed to be kind of based to the northeast of Mariupol, so older Eastern European houses in these little villages, and of course paint would be old, start uh, chipping off and whatnot, and then of course the attic is full of uh, old paintings, model kits, boxes of newspapers and kits, and some old rugs, and uh, a little bucket of like old, uh, like uh, a teacup, some dishes and whatnot. That that looks amazing. Yeah, the amount of detail here is staggering. Yeah. Notice the uh, the Star Destroyer over Rome painting. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just looking at all the model kit that you've got there. I'm just trying to guess all of them because I can see Pers- uh, Pershing, uh, three, right? Five. 
Is that a super fortress in the box? Uh, in the center box? I think so, yeah. Greg, I can see the uh, King Tiger that you built. The back yeah, the King Tiger. Yep. <laughs> Which is an Airfix yeah, P17. I had a lot of fun doing the uh, the attic portion. Like, I built the, the cardboard boxes out of uh, chipboard. And they're, it's, dude, I love chipboard. I'm so glad I discovered that shit because that's what I made, like, the little airplane and tank dio out of. Yeah. This is so great. Same oh, was that? It, too. Is that an Airfix um, Firefly? It's uh, M4 Sherman, I think. Ah. Uh, oh, and what's what's the one on the left, the, the uh, figure one? The figure to the set. left hand side to the left of the R35. No, no, um, next to the Sherman. You got oh, that's uh, Tamiya American Infantry East or uh, European Infantry from World War huh. II. Huh, oh, God. there's so much detail packed in this, it's awesome. Thanks, fellas. I really enjoy it. I think. Greg, you might be like the most imaginative builder on uh, on the say, Discord server. The most uh, creative thing I've seen in a while. Yeah. And, and you've only been doing this for how long again? Uh, I actually hit my year mark early May. I want to just copy bullshit on that. Jesus. Yeah. Been, this is like <laughs> 10 years. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Y'all are too kind. <laughs> well, uh, I just, I just feel bad. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just feel bad because I've, I'm in like my third year and i'm nowhere near that oh sort dude look at the detail. camel you just did bro yeah that camel's beautiful like yeah. i if you sat me down with that exact kit you gave me the same amount of time to do it it wouldn't be anywhere near that i promise <laughs> you oh cheers i'm definitely an armor builder i, I suck at airplanes actually but, uh, new new group my... gr new group build idea a subject you suck at airplanes That's actually a good idea yeah, I'd do that. I just want to see Ken Medic do a wingy thing. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> He'd come up with, like, some super witty excuse not to. Yeah. <laughs> he would. All right. Well, speaking of recasting and Ken Medic, um, my last slide <laughs> is kind of showing off my next diorama idea. Since I'm stuck in Cali, I'm going to go ahead and go with it. Um, it's going to be a... Uh, M8 in Italy, kind of on a mountain pass, and all these figures are from AliExpress, you see on the bottom. Uh, most of them, I believe, are recast, except for the uh, the two Germans are on the far right. I think those are original Tusk. Or... Hmm. No, 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 the, 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 the German SS is a uh, Tusk model. The rest are uh, recast. But, SS. Yeah, well, he'll be lying dead in the street. Uh, there'll be a... Uh, KIA American, kind of off to the side, covered with a tarp, while the uh, the Germans there dig a dig a grave, and the uh, the the captain calling for fire with the uh, the crew member looking with his binos, uh, calling in artillery, while American infantry and the other crewmen watch the Germans dig this grave next to this uh, like stone, uh, what do you call it, stone wall and whatnot. Hmm. Since the uh, the MA is a scout car, used a lot for uh, FO work, so I wanted to add that and going after Can Medic's idea using the the Greyhound and and of course recasting. So 
And then, of course, my new prize possession. I, I love the podcast so much. I bought myself uh, an MMP mug. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. We really nice. need to get like, merch figured out. Yeah. It's even updated, too. I know. I've still got the old one with Christian on it, not Greg. Rip. Breaking my heart. Version yeah. one. Yeah, I got <laughs> <laughs> I got the uh, early version. Bro, that's, no, that's special too, man, because like it's OG. Oh, it's gonna be a yeah. one of a kind. I'm gonna I'm gonna have the only one of a kind one. Yeah. You know, it's funny um, having the American calling in the artillery. It just reminds me of a joke that was uh, told by a I think it was a, a French uh, veteran. Send it. Uh, and it goes. Um, he was asked, "How do you identify?" Um, in the war zone, who's out there? You know, like you see a group of soldiers, how do you identify who they are? He says, you just fire a shot over them and you wait for the response. He <laughs> said, if, you, uh, if you're met with concentrated rifle fire, they were British. If it was a hailstorm burst of machine gun, they were German. If they all ran away, they were Italian. And if nothing <laughs> happened for half an hour and it rained and suddenly it rained artillery, they were American. <laughs> Facts, dude. We rely heavily on fucking idf what, what would it be so if it much. were canadian uh canadian is war crime if it's french they just surrender <laughs> oh that's exciting but, uh, right? yeah i'm a, i'm excited to work on it man um, this is going to be a fun build i really i've been looking forward to working on the greyhound i'm going to take about a solid probably three weeks to actually do it good too this is what i've been up to um Ooh, oh man. my god this is that just tr- that's oh that second pick with the tree looks so good yeah, this is Dude, turning into does. a monster of a project but i'm, I'm pushing ahead with the uh sure b1 diorama i've basically basically we're beginning to reach the beginning of the end here i've uh hmm. basically everything i've made the trees um I basically got everything in my uh, tire black. Um, Ezra doesn't like how I've left the sides. I'm okay with it. I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna give this uh, kind of plant theme to the diorama because of, like the tanks got plants painted on it. You know, so that's I'm fair. Trying, I might actually end up having you know like little shrubs and roots like poking out of the diorama walls. I that would be sure. cool. But yeah, otherwise, uh, the big thing now is obviously mounting the trees. And the creek. I'm not sure how I'm going to approach the creek yet. <coughs> I'm sure whatever you do, it's going to look great, dude. Well, mm-hmm. I've got the epoxy resin for it. My only concern is the uh, dam. I don't want my dam to fail along the sides to keep the resin from spilling. But A word of we- advice from someone who's fucked up like that. Definitely elevate your, uh, your diorama. That way... If you leave it overnight, it doesn't spill out and stick to the the, the table. Oh, that's that good. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Thank you for the tip. Yeah. You should watch um you should watch Plasma Plastic Models video with his sunken KV two. Oh, oh that, that thing's yeah. amazing. That thing's yeah. so cool. Yeah, but basically, it's also that, and also my uh, inner safety nerd is like reading <laughs> the list of chemicals in the uh, AK resin, and I'm like. Uh, I'm gonna have to uh, turn my my fume extractor on for that, and wear my P100, and wear gloves. But yeah, You'll hopefully it's, it turns out alright. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll be fine as I proceed to then huff uh, TS paint. 
<laughs> What's wrong with that, bro? <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> the pink closet. Hey, that, that uh, that's like a uh, you're that's a, closet, a problem that's for like ten years on, Dennis. You know, mm. right now you're fine. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna be you know building a, a, a the new Timia Tiger tank in like twenty years, <laughs> and, uh, and you're start like coughing up pink shit. <laughs> Let's go drop that. <laughs> Uh, he died doing what he loved, building yeah, a tiger. Cool, yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm working on. I think one day, one day soon, the uh, Sharby One Saga will come to a conclusion. Dude, it's started the Sharby One today. by itself is just beautiful, but mm-hmm. especially with those trees like that, like that's just immaculate, man. Oh, oh yeah, with you. those two trees, it looks professional. And I've also added in like other shrubs because th- I didn't want it to just be the trees. I've also added, you know, like, you know, some shrubs and such uh, for around them just to kind of populate the area a bit more. But I'm going with the whole uh, night shift technique of, you know, first painting everything black and then picking out the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is that working for you? I mean, it worked pretty well with the other diorama I tried doing it on. I think it actually, it, it it's not just like the hype. It, it does definitely work. Um I will be playing a lot with like a yellow and green filter for this, just to try and make everything look a bit more happy and, you know, vibrant. Happy little bushes. Yeah, exactly. Channel your inner Bob Ross. I was about to say the Bob Ross of fucking dioramas over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll put a happy little Sharpie one right about there. See so the only. Ah, uh, yes. I was oh, continue. Say the, uh... The only work in progress I have is I bought a new kit just as an experiment. Um, I bought a 1 to 16 Tamiya um, German machine gunner. Oh, cool. So I'm going to try and do a uh, 16th scale um, figure. So, have no you idea when to get there. No, <laughs> no um, I have no idea when I'll get around to any of this. I've still got. The uh, South, the Japanese SPG. I've got the Mark IV tadpole. Yeah, actually, I bought that tadpole in episode one, and I haven't even touched it since. <laughs> oh nice. I wonder what episode well, will be at when I finally crack it open. Hey guys, welcome to episode one ten. <laughs> 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 you'll get there, man, and I'm sure you'll do an amazing job with it. Exactly. Yeah. All right, on this podcast, I have a segment called Ezra's Interesting Pick, and here we have the IDF's, um, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's your tank driver uh, tank on a budget. What the fuck? They done turned the Centurion into a Centurion kangaroo. Well, it only fits one extra person. You got your instructor, and then you have the driver. I, lo- I love That's the uh, grab handles. Really yeah, I love the grab handles for the instructor, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> you better <laughs> hope he doesn't flip the tank, dude, or you're fuck. Yeah, or break, <laughs> break too heavily. Teeth will go right oh, into okay. that. <laughs> just, like, just be like, like break, he's don't. He's driving along the road. And he just slams <laughs> the brakes, and he just sees the commander, like, fly out in front of the tank. <laughs> <laughs> he flies out in front of the tank with a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> You Quick, better, someone uh, text Ezra. Hmm. 
You better hope uh, that driver backs up and gets the hell out of Dodge or that instructor's going to beat his ass. Oh, hell yeah. So I love the picture of uh, how it's inserted itself into a ditch. And then you can see the tow cables trying to pull it back out. Uh, oh, that, that's funny. Yeah. If you're that driver, though, that would have hurt. Yeah. Like, I'd say I mean, the, the front suspension's definitely going to be fucked. The instructor probably ate a bit of dirt. I can just imagine him going <laughs> flying straight down. Oh, you'll oh, you'll see dude, an impression yeah. of him in the bank on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you see some legs sticking out of the bush. Like <laughs> I want to build yeah. this, though. Oh, this, this would, would make, make a very funny dio. This would be mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Kitmaker for this picture. It's just kind of oh, so cool. Kitmaker is useful for something. <laughs> oh. Oh. No. oh. That one was deliberate. That one was deliberate. <laughs> Shoot to kill. Oh, dear. Oh. That was my flak 88 round to uh to a Stewart right there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I have to say about this unless anyone else says something. I just want to make a dio out of it. Okay, here was my interesting pick I was adding in the beginning that you guys were so scared of. Where's oh, the femboy, boy. Ezra? Where is No, the I told you I told you it was, it was nothing bad. It? Where is it? It's somewhere here. <laughs> You've traumatized us. Okay? You've traumatized us. We're just, we're just reacting to contact here. That's all it is. That's fair, I guess. But I'm buying this. The second this is released, like... I that's want this. Be tits. It has a full interior. No. Not that there's going to be a lot. I mean, it's the Ontos. There's not a lot inside. <laughs> I mean, to be if fair, it just... it's 1 to 16 scale. Exactly. How cool is that, though? See, Tacom probably heard episode five. Say they they watched episode five and they were like, "No, nobody's made this." Yeah, except for an academy like, kit that was what five hundred bucks. Mm, they're, they're like, we have to go make the Thubru Forster of tanks. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> anyways. So one yeah. sixteenth. How big would that be? Like, big uh, as fuck. no. I mean, they, make, they make one to sixteen scale like RC tanks, right? They're yeah, really, but they're, it, it looks like it's about the size of a weasel. Uh, yeah, the Ontos is actually like pretty small. I reckon. Yeah, a sixteenth scale Ontos would be about the size of a thirty-fifth Sherman. Yeah, I reckon. Well, no, King Tiger, King Tiger. Yeah, maybe. No, I think it'll be a little bigger than that. But that's going to be cool. I want mm-hmm. that. We're all I'll never get that. it in New Zealand, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely on my wish list. Oh, actually, Dear no. Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear Mr. Tamia. Nah, actually, we, one... can't, we can't do that anymore. I've already pissed him off once. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, don't run it for the rest of us, damn God. it. One I thing I want to do, just because yeah. why not, is the one-to-one scale King Tiger shell. Oh, I that saw would be that. Neat. That would be really neat. Practice I was. 
I was uh, I literally put that in a cart just to see what the shipping was. It was like a, to buy it was a hundred dollars, and then to ship it to New Zealand was another hundred dollars. Oh jeez! Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, you kidding? Like if it was like twenty or even thirty bucks for shipping, I would have been I would have bought it there and then. Yeah, because it's a, it's I don't know. I'd rather if there was a seventeen pounder shell, that'd be cool. Actually, yeah, I don't know. There, there's definitely a lot of interesting subjects that um, model companies could do. You know, stuff like making shells like that. You know, right. even, even like a 37 mil millimeter um, cannon shell. That would be cool. Or something like I that. I want a know? one-to-one scale shillelagh missile. <laughs> <laughs> I want a one-to-one scale Moab. Oh, that'd be cool. be fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> no, Actually, I wonder... I'd rather have a one, um, one scale of a uh, Grand Slam. It would take out my entire house. <laughs> you know what? Go ahead and send me a one-to-one scale of an A10. How about that? I'll, I'll just take that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just go to Ukraine. They might be sending them over soon. Because I've just signed the Lend-Lease okay. Agreement. Burr. Well then. Uh, does anyone have any announcements to make before... Uh... If you're going to be at the IPMS show in San Diego, June 4th, comment down below. I will happily meet you there. Get to chit-chatting. Yeah, um, if you're at ArmorCon in late September up in Connecticut, I will definitely chat with you. Um, um, I don't know why you'd want to. Is, uh, all of you guys have probably seen that picture of the T-80 tank the Ukrainians captured and then paying the Fury sign on, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, the autoloader decals. Uh, I, I'm grabbing this before Edward, like uh, Archer, or anybody else can do it. Um, yeah, I'm making that. Uh, I will make that uh, decal set. I'll buy um, it. I'll, I'll do a post on Kit Maker when it's ready. Hit me up. Awesome. Make the Ukrainian Fury. Oh, go support um, above and below graphics. Canadian oh, veteran owned. Oh. You know what? I thought of that, and I felt kind of bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, go and support above and below graphics. Same yeah, their stuff so. is really nice. I, I'm pretty sure they actually are using... I'm not sure. I don't actually know this. I just have a hunch. I have a hunch that they're using the same equipment that uh, Canuck Models in Toronto was using before they went out of business. Hmm. Like, 99% sure they probably bought that stuff up. Interesting. Yeah, but shout out to above and below graphics. Uh, yeah, real champs. Yeah, go support both of you guys. Otherwise, shout out to the Micro Machine Podcast for doing some good shit. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to us. Yeah. Otherwise, um, everyone should try and join our server, our Discord server. Even if you want to just jump on and abuse us for making this, you know that's all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we were talking about. The more the merrier. Uh, it. It's basically keeping up with the Kardashians, but about scale models. <laughs> you get a lot of uh some fun let's see what do we got work in progress we got shitty or a shitty goddamn we, we got shit posts <laughs> sexy armor sexy aircraft all sorts of fun stuff anime we've also, we've also got the uh group build if you want to join that as well oh, that's still yeah. going on oh yeah we are doing that aren't we i totally yeah. forgot about it don't say but, that. Yeah. so much we care <laughs> 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 
we do have the group build for artillery pieces so if you want to join us uh join the discord server and we'll let you know the rules and shit like that yeah but, but yeah. otherwise uh dennis want to outro us out yeah okay well if you've come to this point thank you so much for watching you have been listening and watching to the micro machines podcast Alrighty. Well, that being said, thanks so much. Have a lovely night. Bye. Yep, and don't commit war crimes. <laughs> just don't get caught. Yeah. yeah, just don't get caught. Yeah, get on the winning side. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 See ya.